Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City-based trombonist, singer, songwriter, bandleader, and composer, Trevor, Trevor Turla. I caught him live in late January 2022 at the Record Bar as a part of the Grand Marquis opening for the Freedom Affair, and he has a very high-energy approach to his music. It was a great night. Over 2022, he's been releasing singles as a part of a new EP that is streaming on all major platforms. His first musical instrument was the bagpipes, and he progressed from there. Originally, he's from Wichita, Kansas. He loves Kansas City and talks about his life and music, this city, and so much more. Enjoy. Joe Domino, Neon Jazz Radio. What's up, man? Not much, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. You know, I was actually tipped off by the uh, Back Alley Brass Band. They, I interviewed oh, cool. them, and I'm doing a feature. Yeah, and they had mentioned that they did a gig and how much fun it was, and I know I've seen you around, so it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for taking a minute out. Yeah, man, definitely. I'm glad we get to chat for a minute. Yeah, so what's going on with you lately? You know, the world's waking up. We're, we're coming out of COVID, hopefully, and live gigs are happening all over town. What's up with you? I spent a lot of, I think like a, like many people, I spent a lot of the lockdown writing. Last month, I had the, the EP with six tracks come out. That was all the stuff I was writing over the over the pandemic and all these things. So that was really taking up a lot of my time, releasing singles and music videos, getting the EP out, and now it's out and it's doing um, its thing, and I've just been focusing on using that to book some shows around, um, getting out of Kansas City a little bit more, getting you know shows in Kansas City, just moving on to the next record, you know, starting from square one again. Tell everybody where they can get the new material, when it's out, where to find it. It's on all streaming platforms, so you can find your favorite streaming platform and stream it from there. Um, my main goal with this one was to just kind of take a snapshot in time of, you know, where I guess I was at during the lockdown and everything. You know, use that to really book shows and just kind of put a stamp on, you know, what is happening. It's It was the first record under my own name, so it's really just kind of um, where the ball starts rolling so any streaming platform you know share it that helps me out a bunch if you're going and subscribing to the youtube channel and like checking out the music videos you know just kind of being following and aware of what's uh coming next is really the best way to help out right now so are you a native of kansas city well i actually grew up in wichita kansas and then i moved up here in 2014 and i moved up here to go to school I went to UMKC, and um, I've been up here ever since. I love it here in Kansas City. So talk to me about your childhood. You're pretty talented. You've got a lot of things going on musically. How did all of this begin, just kind of, you know, family and how, how everything started? I suppose my love for music probably started with my dad. My father's a painter. He does amazing, you know, paintings on canvas and all of this. And when I was real young, before kindergarten or preschool or any of that, I would stay at home while my mom was a a college professor. She would go off to school and teach. My dad was a painter, so he had a studio at home. So I would just spend all day in the studio with him, and he would just be painting to, you know, all sorts of different things. But predominantly, he's a big post-bop fan. So, like, you know, people like Coltrane and Miles, and his favorite is Thelonious Monk, and just all these guys from kind of that, late 50s, early 60s kind of era is really his bread and butter. So I guess that's really where it started. When I was eight, I actually started playing bagpipes. I was lucky enough to find a really, you know, legendary bagpipe teacher in Wichita, Kansas. And I got to study with him. 
And then in middle school, I picked up trombone and band like everybody else and then just kind of stuck with it. So, yeah, that's that's really the beginnings. Uh, it was very much just kind of grab and go wherever I, I saw fit. So what was the first live show you saw that really made you think, wow, this is something I'd love to do? I saw Wycliffe Gordon play with the Friends University Big Band in Wichita, Kansas. He was their guest artist for their semester show. And seeing Wycliffe Gordon play really opened up my mind to what um, the possibilities were. A lot of schooling and a lot of, you know, institutionalized thinking around music is there's only, you know, a couple, if you're going to be a horn player, there's only a couple paths you can take. You know, you can be a band director, you can be a college professor, you can be like a classical musician and start taking symphony jobs and everything, or you can be a, you know, quote unquote jazz musician that is doing, you know, circuit gigs or, or however. They, they, the way that it was taught to me and told to me was that there was very kind of like narrow opportunity when the reality is there's there's you know vast arrays of opportunities in every kind of facet that has either been done before or not done before and I think Wycliffe Gordon and his playing really opened my eyes to that because what he's doing is different he, he, he it's you know he's playing himself and you know people are going to slap whatever labels they want to on it but it's it's just him and I think that that was one of the most influential live performances from my from when I was younger. So you primarily associate yourself as being a trombonist. Is that your primary focus? I would say I'm primarily a trombonist and a vocalist. In my for my own project, um I sing and play trombone and those are the things that I, you know, really put my put my time into. When all of this began for you and your career began what was it like? Where, where, where were your first shows? How did you kind of gain steam and get to a point where, you know, you were doing regular gigs and this was something that you really wanted to do with your life? Well, it's, it's actually kind of a funny story. There was a, when I first moved to Kansas City, I wanted nothing more than to be a musician in the scene. And I wanted to be, one, you know, I wanted to be one of the people that you see out there playing shows every night at these different clubs and venues and everything. And I just dove in head first. I didn't know, I didn't have any tact. I didn't have any strategy. I didn't have anything. I just started talking to people and essentially asking them if I could join them. And there was this big band that would play at the Green Lady Lounge called the 627 Big Bands. They had a weekly gig there that I believe was on a Sunday. Well, I got to know some of the people in there and um, I didn't have a car. So one of the trombone players would come and pick me up from my dorm room at school and then take me to the gig with them. And then I would play the third trombone book sitting behind the trumpet section, like behind a curtain. So I was all the way in the back, and I would still put on a suit and a tie and everything. I was behind the band, behind a curtain, playing this extra book until eventually one day after you know months of doing this, every week, every Sunday, um, they said, Trev, do you want to come up and do you want to come up and sit in the section and maybe take a solo and all that kind of stuff? That's really how it got how it got started for me. Is I I started by playing third trombone behind a curtain behind a big band at the Green Lady. From there, you know, I started getting more calls. I got in with a salsa band that I played in for three years straight. Around I guess that would have been probably like 2015, and that's kind of when the steady gigging really started for me. Then, you know, just meeting more projects and more bands along the way. Um, I met Grand Marquis, and I still play with them to this day. You know, ended up starting my own band, 
and it's just been kind of a, a slow roll of networking and, and meeting people. Yeah, I guess that's that's really how it happened. You know, it's interesting. I knew that you looked familiar, and I was at that show at the record bar in January, early January. Oh, which which show was that? It was the the Freedom Affair. Maybe it was late January, but it was you oh, and the Freedom Affair. Right with uh with Grand Marquis as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a that was a fun one, man. Okay, so cool. So we have met then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh yeah, I loved it. I mean, I had never seen you guys. I interviewed the lead singer of the band during quarantine when we didn't know what was going on and it was great. And then, you know, my wife and I were big fans of the Freedom Affair. And I'd interviewed them during the pandemic because, you know, they were starting to kind of gain some steam. So it was really cool to see both of you. And it was two interviews that I had had and kind of got to know you over the pandemic. And I just kept thinking how nice it's going to be when it all kind of slowed down to see you guys. And it was rather triumphant. I mean, that floor was full. There was a lot of action going on that night. That was a great room. And, and honestly, Freedom Affair is one of my favorite bands in the whole world, not just Kansas City and the whole entire universe. Freedom Affair is one of my favorite projects, period. They are amazing. They certainly are. Well, staying on that topic right there of Kansas City Jazz, what do you like the best about being a part of this Kansas City jazz community? I suppose I would I would have to say the the history. We live in a place with deep 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 roots. You know, when it comes to playing music, you have to play music, you have to play you in the context of now. That's just how it goes. That's how every generation has done it and that's how music evolves. Is you have to play yourself and you have to contribute what you can contribute to the music because there never has been another you and there never will be another you, you know, that whole thing. But there's a deep tradition of people doing that in our city going back a hundred plus years. And to be able to pull from those roots, to be able to really learn from these musical ancestors, if you will, is something that's very special um, here. And you see it in other cities as well. I think another city that kind of has a similar situation would be New Orleans. I would, I would hearken you know, that same kind of roots and history and all that kind of stuff. So to be able to pull from that here, uh, people will come and visit Kansas City and they're like, well, I just didn't, I didn't know, like, when did Kansas City become so vibrant? And, I, and I'm like, I promise you Kansas City was vibrant before whatever city you're coming from was. Like, it's just been happening here for so long. There's a tradition. It's, it's a music city beyond just the, you know, quote unquote jazz scene too. There's, there's just been so much music and so much creation that has happened here for you know, like I said, well over a hundred years to be able to exist in that timeline and to be able to exist in kind of like that stream of thought of what's happening here and what will continue to happen here is probably my favorite part of being a part of Kansas City. So what do you like the best about waking up every day being a professional musician? What is it that motivates you to do this? Oh, I don't know if it's a, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't know if it's a motivation so much as it is a, um, obsession or maybe even like a like a compulsion there's there's certain sounds you know that kind of like float around in your head and it feels really good to get those sounds out so that's why I keep doing it you know you get your you get your music fix it's not so much about like I'm going to wake up and choose music today it's just you, you wake up and that's just what it is that's just that's just what um life is I guess you know it's all it's all a part of it and um my favorite part about waking up every day as a musician is probably the collaboration. I love how many people there are in town who are musicians and just creatives in general that, you know, you can collaborate with and work with and share ideas. 
And then as you're creating things, you're birthing something that's maybe even greater than just the music itself. And I really, I really love living for the collaboration and, and all of that. Like, for example, I was talking about those music videos I did earlier. I worked with dancers and uh, choreographers and videographers and all these different people from different facets of creative mediums around Kansas City to get to put that to the setting of my music was, was a lot of fun. And I'd say that that's probably my, my favorite part of the process. If you could pick what one thing that you like the best about Kansas City, what do you love the best about this town? Community. The community. Um, I've got people in, in town, friends who are other musicians and other creatives that I you know truly look at as brothers and sisters, truly look at as like siblings of, not of blood, but of a lifestyle. You know, we're living the same lifestyle. And like I said, it's not so much about waking up every day and choosing music or, or art it's about that's just what it is and meeting other people in town where it's the same thing they're not necessarily choosing it it's just what life is for them and to get to meet these people and to see the rich and vibrant community that we have in kansas city with honestly our, our community is incredibly diverse as well there are people from all over the world every kind of background every kind of orientation everything um it's all here and to get to meet people from all these different groups, all these different um, creative mediums is probably my favorite part about Kansas City. It's a very um, collaborative city. So let's say we hook up in 10 years and talk and I'm like, what's up? What are you happy about that's happened lately? What What are you hoping happens? I would really like to just have more control over the path that I'm taking rather than asking a venue and wherever it is or a festival or whoever if I can play there, be like, hey, can I come play at your venue? I would rather it be as easy as a phone call because I've made you know, a personal relationship with the person that owns the venue. I just call them. I'm like, hey, I'm booking a tour. I really need a date. I really need this date filled. Can we do that? And they're just like, yes. And so just ease of that process. I want to be able to navigate around the country. I want to be able to tour. I want to be able to play festivals. I want to be able to record and I want to be able to do all these things with more ease because of the connections I've made along the way. And then, again, just keep carving these sounds out of my head. <laughs> That's kind of the forever the forever thing is doing that. But, in you know, in 10 years, I'd really like to have um, ease of booking, I guess, would be a big one for me. You know, you did get a chance to see there in January, you know, people out watching music. And, you know, for the last two years, we've really been away from it. So with that as my my context, what do you hope we all realize about the power of live music as we start getting back to it more and more? Live music is humanity. It's the thing that we've done together as people to to unify and unite the, since before we were people, since the first humanoid creature, you know, hit a log and made a sound and everyone gathered around to hear it. Ever since then, Live music has been the thing that connects us. It's one of the things that at our very core as a species, like resonates with us. You know, people talk about it's similar to food. You know, you know, many families revolve around the dinner table. Live music is the same for a lot of communities. That is where the community exists or that is where the community can unify or that is the common ground between communities that can unify. Um, it's something that is so fundamentally human that I feel like 
I hope that's what people realize is that it's not so much about like, I want to go or I'm a live music person and I like to go see live music or this or that. It's just live music is a part of life. It's a part of living an enriched human experience. When it got taken away, I think, I know for a fact myself, I realized how much I took it for granted. And I just hope people now and as things continue to open up will be able to safely um, go and see live music and realize that it is just something that is fundamental to, you know, existence in many ways. So everyone has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you live your life. Who do you think you are? You got the big questions. Yes, I do. (laughs) I think I'm a listener and a friend. That's who I am at my core. You know, if you take away, if you strip away everything in my life, I think at my core, that is really who I try to be. And then, you know, you can add the music on top of that. And I think that philosophy really plays into it as well. You know, it's always more important to, to listen than it is to speak. I suppose that would be my answer as, as to, to who I am as a, as a listener. Yeah, I like it. Trevor, hey man, yeah. thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today. Good luck with the new music and, you know, live shows as the world opens up. I really do appreciate the call, and I appreciate the interview. I had a blast talking to you, man, and I look forward to being able to think up again sometime. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Wichita, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Trevor for his time, energy, and class. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com, and for everything Joe Domino. Go to JoeDomino.com, and when you're there, you can donate through PayPal or through Patreon. It would be appreciated. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.